0: Okay, one minute past 11. Let's pray and now we're going to dive into what I feel the Lord wants to share with us. God, as we gather here this morning, we are so aware that you are present with us. Collectively as a church community, as a family, we welcome you again into our lives and God right now as we spend some time talking and listening God I pray you would speak really loudly and God I pray that we would listen really intently to what you have to say. I feel like a, a quite an important message to stop sharing this morning. Every week is important, right but I, I just feel like there 's something that I have really strongly within me that I want to get out. I really hope it comes out as best as I can and as best as I feel like God wants to share and uh, today i want to just kick off by simply saying, that I think our culture society today uh, is experiencing an identity crisis. I feel like for us as people, uh, especially our children, especially our young people, are growing up in a culture, a society, a world where there's this, this extreme identity crisis. We're asking questions of ourselves going, who are we? Who am I? And uh, we are sold all kinds of laissez-faire narratives along the lines of, oh, you can be who you want to be or stay true to yourself, or do what you want. We, we kind of listen to these clichés, and these clichés are kind of written, and we read them, and we absorb them, and if we're not careful, we can live by them. There are several factors feeding into this. Firstly, we live in this electronic era where we're consumed by what we see on a screen, many of them phones. We spend countless hours trawling through social media content, there are algorithms which are written, I don't understand it, you computer, I nearly said nerds, you computer literate people uh, understand it way better than me. That somehow we look at something and suddenly someone, some computer-y person-y thing, kind of directs more of that stuff. And it just feeds into this narrative and this belief and before we know it, we start believing things which aren't even true. The role and shape of family life has changed significantly and will continue to do so over time. We, in our own wee cul-de-sac of planet Earth, uh, 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 we Northern Ireland, we live in a uh, culture and a society which has been formed and is continually reforming itself. Uh, Factors shaping who we are and who we think we are. Truth be told, many of us as adults, have never fully considered the question of who am I? And we've never really figured it out for ourselves either. We pursue education, we choose vocations, we settle down into work, we get a big mortgage, we get the repayments, we do this, we do that, and then suddenly midlife happens and we stop for a moment and we get a bit of a thing, a a crisis and we go, what is this all about? What has my life come to? What am I doing? We ask these, We begin, whether we know it ourselves or not, internally we start asking these questions. Who am I? And what am I made for? Lastly, COVID has really impacted this whole era of identity. For some it's been a real awakening moment. It's been wonderful actually. It's been this reset moment where we began to ask questions and consider... What actually is meaningful? What is true? What is what? How how do I feel like God is asking me to live my life? And that's been really healthy for others. It's been a shaking moment, and we've been a little bit lost at sea and feeling a bit like, My goodness, who really am I? How do we tie this in? What's the dream? What is the dream? This is the, the series that we've been following over the last number of weeks, taking a break last week for our baptism service, which, by the way, wasn't that amazing. Those of us who were there, what a brilliant occasion, a celebration, a great, great family time together. The dream, what's the dream? The dream is that we come as we are, but we don't stay as we are. That we come as we are, but we discover who we are. And in (coughs) so doing, as we discover who we are, And how God has made us, we begin to release it and give it away to other people. As we discover who we are, whom we belong to, and we act in such a way, we come alive. God has called us to live life in all its fullness, and that we would live a life worthy of what he's made us for. And when we begin to deviate away from that, we end up uh, putting our labour, our time, our energy, our resources into things which are meaningless. And God wants us to stay in our lane and do what he's made us for. So our reading this morning is in fact a video, but you can read along. It's taken from Matthew 4.18 or Mark 1.14 or Luke five verse one, or John 1.35. All four Gospels uh, retell this story. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. I'm We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe, but by faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, Tishore. bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told you earlier? From now on, I will make you fishes of men, and you are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. again tomorrow for the next installment. But it's not my current life group I really want to talk about, it's the life group that Nathan and I led uh, the term before. We led a life group called Mining for Gold, and it was for uh, teenage lads in our church. There were eight of them, two of them uh, my sons, and one my nephew, and uh, we just had an incredible time over a number of weeks as we explored (laughs) what we're talking about this morning, this whole area of identity. And uh, I kid you not, except for one week out of eight weeks that we met together, uh, all of them met every single week without fail. I think it might have something to do with the endless tins of Coke that um, Skin, if you know who Skin is, uh, supplied for us and uh, the meal that he took us out for at the very end. But it wasn't just that. It was because it was so impactful in their lives and in our lives. As we centred around looking at what is it that makes us us? What is it that shapes our identity? We exposed lies and narratives that we've received from others around us, from the culture around us. The negative voices spoken over us. Uh, We encourage them to look to God, to listen to, uh, to his voice, to read his word, to understand what he says about them. We uh, got them to uh, speak to people in their lives who they know well, they love, and their parents, their teachers, their coaches. In fact, we got them to write out character references about them so that they could begin to understand and listen to the voices shaping who they are. Each week, we had a special guest come and share their story, which impacted them greatly. Many of you will know some of these people. We had, uh, we had Mark Serger, he came, uh, we had hugo was one of our guests stuart bell mr alistair bennett mr andy mcdonald two teachers from our local community and my mate jasper came and, uh, and just shared their story their impact and it just really really impacted their lives We got them to ask questions got them to reflect think about themselves identified their strengths their weaknesses their, their personality they did spiritual gift assessments Character references, wrote something about each other and most importantly, listen to what God says about who they are. The video that we've just watched, we see this incredible encounter as Jesus calls the fishermen to themselves. Andrew, his brother also, James and John, two of the fellows with their dad Zebedee with the three running to the boat Uh, and Jesus calls four of them and in that interaction it says not only uh, in the video, but in the Bible, that uh, Simon falls to his knees, and says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Jesus says to him, do not fear, do not fear. Simon says to him, I'll do anything. His invitation is, follow me. Come, follow me. John's Gospel, John 1.42, uh, we read this. He brought him to Jesus, that was Andrew, uh, brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus looks at him and says, you are Simon, son of John. This is part of Simon's identity. He's the son of a father. You will be called Cephas, which then translated is Peter. At that moment, Jesus is renaming Simon to Peter. And part of it is because of the meaning of Peter, which we'll get to in a bit. But it's important that we understand there's meaning and purpose in a name. Parents, those of you, um, we we spend quite a long time, don't we, choosing the name of our children, our sons and our daughters. And uh, whenever we dedicate a child in church, very often it's very important that we we listen to what God might have for the child as they grow into their years. And uh, Chantel usually invites a number of you to be prayerfully considering what God might be saying. And the beginning, the starting place, actually is their name. What is their name? And what's the meaning of their name? And that's really, really important. Um, when our eldest, Sam, was born, we were convinced that he was a girl. We hadn't had the scan. We didn't want to know. Just in our minds, we just we convinced ourselves, it's going to be a girl, it's going to be a girl. And we had chosen his name. We were going to call her Liberty. And that was the name that we had and then when he came out, we were surprised when we noticed and saw it was not liberty. And so, we were like, oh, flip, well, this is a bit of a conundrum. We're gonna to have to think of a boy's name. Kid you not, we had not thought of this at all. Three days went, and it was baby Daniels. That was what he was known as. And I was, I was teaching at the time. I went straight back into school the next day. I was teaching a maths lesson of all things. And uh, God love them. And uh, they were saying, "Sir, sir, what, what, what are you going to call your son?" I said, "We don't know yet. We're still to to thinking and about that." And the kid, they used to say, "Sir, calling Jack, calling Jack," you know, like like Jack Daniels, like the drink. <laughs> These were first years. <laughs> I was like, "That's that's great, but thanks, but no, thanks, for not be calling him Jack." And it was actually through conversation and time with uh, with their uncle Peter. Uh, that helped us uh, consider the name Sam, and we his middle name is Peter after Uncle Peter, uh, and Sam means "told by God." God hears, as well as our own birth name, which mean a lot to us and, and begin to define our identity. There are many names that we receive as we grow up. Teaching still now, I hear often names being said over one another and many a time they're not helpful. Many a time they are derogatory, misery. and when challenged the response usually is I'm only joking. But actually names carry meaning, carry weight and carry purpose and if we're not careful we can receive those names and we begin to live our identity out of that. And that's where we need to come before the Lord and expose those things which are said that are not true. Just simply on Tuesday afternoon, final period of the day, an encounter broke out in uh, the classroom. Uh, An interaction, an exchange is a polite way of putting it, between two people. And this one big fella, uh, he began to speak and act in a way I just thought, Mate, this is not who you are. And I said to the lad at the end, I said, listen, just stay behind. You're not in trouble. Just give me a minute, give me two minutes. And I have this brief interaction and I begin to say, why are you doing this? Why are you acting in this way? And it begins to give me a little insight into this lad's life. And he's trying to act in a certain way and be a certain way. And I just turned him and I said, that's not who you are. That's not what I see. You're this. And you could just begin to see. Almost like the scales over the eyes begin to go. Yeah. It's the culture. It's the surrounding society. It's just all of that. And folks we're the people of God. We're the truth tellers. We're the ones who who receive from the one who made us. And we're the one that needs to speak it and declare it out. Where am I in the notes? Simon, Peter, Andrew been fishing all night. They caught nothing. Jesus says, cast their nets again. This incredible catch of fish lands in. Simon falls at his feet, away from me. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. It wasn't that Simon was a rubbish fisherman. It wasn't that Simon... Vocation as a fisherman was something that was beneath him. It was a true and honest, hard-working job to provide for himself and for his family. But at this moment, Jesus begins to declare a greater purpose, <laughs> a greater calling, something else that he had over his life, and that was that he was to fish for people. And he begins to call out, Simon, his true identity, his purpose. How do we know our true identity? How do we begin to discover it for ourselves? There are so many ways. and There were some of the things that we did with the life group, by asking good questions, by analyzing our strengths our weaknesses, by asking people that know us and love us, what do you see in us? But a lot of it is by going to the one who made us, to the manufacturer, and asking him, who am I? Jesus calls it out, of Simon, you're gonna fish for people. Much later, about two and a half years later, after this first encounter that Jesus has with Peter, and he asks him to follow him. Two and a half years later, Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, and he asks the question, Who do the people say I am? Now, Jesus isn't having an identity crisis himself, right? He knew who he was, but he's testing his disciples, saying, Who do the people say I am? And the disciples say, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or another prophet. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, who do you say I am? And Peter turns and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And in Matthew 16, Jesus replies to Simon, who he's renamed Peter. And he says these words, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This is who you are. You are Peter. Peter, the name Peter translated means rock. And on this rock, Jesus is declaring, he's saying to Peter, Peter. I will build my church. This is your purpose. This is your destiny. All the number days of your life. This is your true self. And fast forward to Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost. He's the guy that stands up and he preaches. And thousands give their lives to Jesus. The Holy Spirit falls. And the church is born. It's birthed. And we read throughout the Acts of the Apostles. We read in Peter's letters. All of the exploits and the things that Peter did. Uh, in his time, in the years that he had left, having encountered and been with jesus what 's the dream? The dream is that we know who we are and we act in such a way, and we live that out, but we call it out of others as well. Part of our time together with the with the lads was we. We experience and we, we ask the question, "What's your pain? What's, what's, what, what have you encountered in the years that you've lived that's caused you most pain? What are the things that have disrupted our lives so far? You see, many of us encounter all kinds of painful things, some more than others, but it shapes who we are. It shapes the way that we think, the way that we act. And the enemy knows who we are and he fears what we're about. Because when we do the very thing that God has called us to, the kingdom is released and the enemy sows into our lives pain (coughs) and suffering and things, anything that will disrupt and divert what God's made us for. And it's important that all of us visit our pain with him and we invite Jesus into that and we invite him the healer to bring about healing and steer our course and our direction towards what he has for us. The dream is that we live out the life worthy that he's called us to. I've been reluctant to share this next bit but I think I'm going to and it's to share who I think I am. And the reason, um, the reason I wasn't going to share it is because our cultural norm is that we don't speak well of ourselves. Isn't that true? We're very good at putting ourselves down and we're really good at putting other people down. And actually what I'm about to say could be interpreted as, uh, using Northern Irish language, you rate yourself. Or... You're you're arrogant, or you're this, or you're that. And I'm unashamedly going to try and just simply say who I think I am. I think I'm an encourager of people. I think I see the best in people. Sometimes I trust people too much. But I look to see what God has placed in a person. And I spend time doing that. I have the vocation of a pastor. That's just a title. I teach. Sometimes I'm quite good at it. Other times not so good at it. God has gifted me in teaching. He's gifted me in the ability to relate to lots of people of all ages, all backgrounds, cultural differences, um, socioeconomic background. Whatever that ability I enjoy being with people. I enjoy sidling up to someone and saying, how are you doing? I'll ask questions like, what's the dream? What's God placed in you, on you? Part of what I feel God has for me is helping people find who they are and what they're made for. I have conversations with people who are bored in their jobs, fed up want to change, I start poking and probing and saying, what's stopping you, what's causing you to stay in that job, what would you rather go do, what's, what are you passionate about, these are all good questions which dig out. There's someone who I have just caught and uh, has triggered a thought, someone i to say it, they've just given up their job of 20-ish years. To fulfill another job, another vocation that came their way. It's way, way more what this person's made for than the job that they were doing. And it's not that the job that they were doing is, is a bad job. Or is a different class or more meaningful or less or whatever. It's just the thing that they're doing now is what they're made for. And as they do that job, they release the kingdom. It's not about title. Yes, I'm a son. Yes, I'm a husband. Yes, I'm a father. Yes, I'm all those different things. And so are we. But who are you? And what has God made you for? And go do that one thing. And those many things. And as you do that, you're going to see life come to you. You'll never be happier. You'll never be more content because it's what you're made to do. How do we find that out? Who am I? We've looked at that um, in in lots of ways. I've kind of just given a few pointers. I'm kind of thinking, what do we do next? That's what I'm doing, in case you're wondering. We're going to worship, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to give people an opportunity to respond. But what I would encourage you to do today, this is, your, this is your homework, this is the here and now, or this is over coffee and later, is two things. I would encourage you to ask that question of yourself, who am I? And I would, I would encourage you to ask someone that knows you well and loves you dearly, ask that question, who am I? What do you see? And ask them to to speak truthfully to you. I think you'll be really, really, really encouraged. And then I'd go a step further and say this. Those of you who are a bit bolder, speak the truth to other people. Tell them what you see. Those of us who are leaders in the church, that's what we're made for. That's part of the job. It's speaking truth, speaking, calling out of one another what we see God has for someone